Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, anyone from professional custodians all the way up to presidential candidates of other countries. One day, my big, bodacious dream is to interview our top-level leadership of the country that I was born in, the land of the free, the home of the brave, the United States of America. I think that it would be really neat for me because I learn a lot when I interview others, but I think also for you listening to this show right now, a lot of us are struggling in the world. A lot of us are going through tough seasons. You might be diagnosed with depression like me, or maybe you haven't been to a doctor before. Maybe you're reluctant to scheduling that appointment, but you know you've experienced a lot of grief, a lot of loss, and you're struggling, just trying to get up out of bed and show up to work or show up to school, wherever you're at listening to this show. Um, Our hope at Move Happy and our mission is to help empower you to find happiness from within. Whatever that means for you, that's an open, broad definition. Um, Happiness is progress to some. Happiness is giving to others, volunteering, contributing. I know I find a lot of joy when I contribute to others and it makes me forget about the pain um, that I experience or that I, that I have experienced in the past. Um, and sometimes when I am on this show, I get this, this nudge from, from my belief system, my faith system, which I identify as the creator of the universe. Whatever your faith system is, uh, we love it, we respect it, uh, even if it's different from ours. Um, But sometimes I get this nudge, the creator says, I want you to talk on this topic, and I'm like, all right. So I was doing some yoga this morning, and um, I actually usually do it with Yoga with Adrian on YouTube, but I had just turned my laptop off, and I didn't feel like turning it on again because it takes a few minutes to log in and turn the passwords on and everything. When you've experienced cyber warfare where they um, hacked into your technologies and broke into your home and got all your personal identifying information and have been stealing from you consistently for two years, you learn to not use technologies as often because it's just not, it's so tiresome to just give and give and give, thinking that you're helping make the world a better place when actually it's just government leaders that are going to steal from you anyway or block you from making success because they have these political things that they're desiring to focus on at that time differently or they just desire to just make you suffer because they can. Um, I don't believe it's our top level leadership. I believe it's people that haven't had checks and balances, haven't had the accountability, haven't had the reprimand that they should have been having that have been doing this to my family, my business, my personal accounts, um, impacting my family, my mom, Uh, my close friends, mentors, uh, pretty much everybody in my circle, new people that I met last year, it's been going on and on and on. And I could choose to just focus on that negative, right? And that would be a terrible episode that I wouldn't want to even upload because the goal of this show is to help empower you to find happiness from within. So I have to choose intentionally to focus on things that bring me joy. 
And what I've found is when I listen to the creator, I listen to what they tell me to talk about to you instead of what I desire to talk about. That's usually when uh, doors open up that I never imagined would be possible. And that happened this morning. Right, at, right in the middle of the yoga sesh, I was just about to finish and creator said, Aaron, I want, to talk, I want you to talk about homes. I want, you, I want you to talk about habitats that people reside in and that is the topic. So I don't pre-plan it and this is just, we're just going to go with the flow and uh, take what you love, take what advice you love, leave what you don't. And if we add any value to you, um, stay to the end to uh, see how you can support us uh, spread the mission of Move Happy. So the first thing that came to mind when the Creator told me to talk about homes, uh, where we reside in, um, some reside in communes, where it's like a community thing. Um, if you live in other countries outside of the United States, uh, some people in, in the U.S. as well, but some people might share rooms or maybe you uh, are helping take care of someone's land and they're paying you in room and board, uh, which is like food and lodging. Uh, when I went on a mission trip when I was in college, this was right after, um, and I do apologize, pause this episode if you have children listening so you can preview it first. Um, I had been raped um, a little bit before that. I want to say a few months before that. And I was struggling real bad PTSD. Didn't have any support from the first responder. He actually told me that I would be ruining the career of this man that decided to take advantage of me when I was going to wait until marriage. And didn't have support at the university the therapist told me that if I shared my real thoughts that I could potentially be kicked out of school for what this asshole did to me. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of support. Uh, was looking up a lot of dark information online trying to figure out how I could get rid of the thoughts that were in my mind. Uh, of course, years later, I doing research on this all this move happy stuff and depression and suicidal ideations and things and PTSD and and it's actually completely normal to have self-harm thoughts when you're dealing with PTSD. Um, so if you're going through something right now, that's normal. Um, what I found, because I couldn't get help from the people that were supposed to help me, right, in society, a first responder that's taking the report down of the incident, the crime that happened, should have been advocating for the victim. Didn't sided with a veteran because it was the bro code. Um, should have had the support of the therapist at school. Didn't because she sided with the university. Um, and that's okay because it all happens for a reason. That built my resilience because had I given up, then I wouldn't have this show and I wouldn't be talking to you right now and you wouldn't be listening to this. I've had to design my own forms of healing through the years when society did not provide adequate resources for mental health. And you might have had to also do that in your upbringing as well. There's a lot of stigma. We're getting better with a lot of information being revealed on TikTok uh, and other social media platforms. A lot of awakening, if you've heard people are talking about and just 
um, getting tired of the BS in society and whatnot. And um, at that time, though, uh, this was right around, I want to say 2007 to 2008, uh, went on this mission trip to Mexico, the church that I was attending. Um, it was actually right behind the university. Um, they had announced that they were going to do a mission trip for a week, and it was only $500 that we had to raise. And I was like, I get to go out of town to a country I've never been to before for only $500? Like, that sounds like fun for me. And uh, we stayed in these rooms without any screen windows. Um, so they gave us this bug spray that would kill all bugs for six months. Uh, we had different teams that did. I think there was like nine different small group teams. Uh, we got shuttled down on this bus. We got down there like 24 hours. And uh, they had a couple of vans that carried supplies and whatnot. And the assignment for my team, it was at the the uh, Los Alislos Battered Women and Children's Shelter. And they were all living in a commune situation. Um, and what that means is everyone takes responsibility. Um, they rotate responsibilities for who's cooking, who's cleaning, who's washing dishes, who's washing clothes, um, who watches the younger children and whatnot. Um, they did the best that they had with the circumstances that they had. They survived completely 100% on donations from churches from all over the world. Um, our job, we were, we had a project where we were adding like this awning to the side of the building so that the infants could go out and have some sunshine, get some vitamin D, but um, it's like a fenced in area to protect them from the bigger kids because the bigger kids were running around acting all, all, you know, energetic and whatnot and weren't as mindful of being careful around the little kiddos. I'll give you an example. We're like getting the tools out, the nails, and these bigger kids are coming over and grabbing the nails, messing with the hammers, and we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, hey, so um, they asked me to, I was hammering one day and I realized that I hadn't really had a lot of experience with utilizing tools. So they said, Aaron, we noticed that you were really good with Rebecca and Michelle. Um, these two girls ran up to me, first time I ever saw them, and gave me the biggest hug the first day we were there. They, so they, they used that information and they asked me, they said, would you mind helping keep the bigger kids preoccupied so that we can uh, build this, this uh, awning out? And I was like, sure, yeah, that sounds great. So... Uh, I became kind of the caretaker of all the kiddos that were maybe like 10, 11 years old down to like maybe five. And it was such a neat experience. Sometimes we were there. Sometimes um, one day we helped cook in the kitchen. And um, I, I cut up, I remember cutting up some papaya, I think some watermelon. And then one day we helped, um, cleaning up after the meals they had a rotating system it was it was how they worked they had a female leader that was a caucasian woman that spoke the language um, that also spoke english and she was kind of the go-between for the different churches that were donating resources and whatnot they celebrated the birthdays of the children quarterly 
that was something interesting for me to see because in the society that I grew up in, it's extremely normal for everyone to celebrate their birthdays. Unless you are of a faith system that you don't celebrate any holidays, including birthdays, there are some religious um, beliefs out there. But for the most part, um, those of us that grew up in the United States or Western society, like we celebrate our birthday every year and you get a special day, just you. Not in this commune. They didn't have enough resources available. So the children all celebrated their birthdays. If they were a summer baby, if they were a fall baby, if they were a winter or a spring, that's how they celebrated and honored them. They had one cake um, four times a year. They had uh, gifts that they would break down and they would save them for the kids for when it was time for their birthday. So they asked us to bring, if we had any brand new items, stuffed animals, toys, um, soccer balls, things like that, if we were able to and could afford to, to bring some down for the children for their birthdays. And it was a really neat experience seeing how this different home structure could be. And had I not contributed and decided that I was going to do this mission trip, um, I never I never would have experienced seeing just how humble their lives were. And it actually was an incredible trip for me. Um, my cell phone, I didn't have a smartphone at the time. Um, my cell phone wasn't working and I didn't want to get extra international fees. So I just turned it off. I didn't have a watch. I had no idea what time it was. Like we woke up when we woke up. We got to the job site whenever we got to the job site. Um, I think maybe somebody had an alarm in our room. There was maybe nine or ten of us um, in a room <laughs> where we slept. We made it work because we were, we were doing what we believed the creator of the universe put on our hearts to do. And it was only a week. So it wasn't anything transformational in society but they were grateful that we were there and I was grateful for the experience because I never once thought while I was there about the pain of the rape that I had experienced. And I built new friendships with people from the church and I had a chance to heal away from the environment that that the uh, experience happened. So that's one thing if you're going through PTSD or going through a tough season, I really encourage you to find a way to contribute. Maybe you can't afford to go to another country right now and with the pandemic, like who even wants to run that risk? But maybe there's a, a local uh, church or school or um, homeless shelter, Habitats for Humanity. Uh, there's all kinds of organizations that you can help. Or you can even knock on your neighbor's doors and say, Hey, um, looking to see if there's anything that you can help with. I've got, I've got these different skill sets. I'm not looking for any money. I just like to help my neighbors and get to know them. Because there is a power in uh, security and safety when your neighbors know you and know that you're looking out for them. They'll keep a watch over your place. Uh, maybe that's an option for you. So just some ideas.
So other things about homes and living situations, I've, I've been blessed. Um, I've had to move a lot, but I've also been allowed to move a lot. Some, some countries don't allow you to move. Like you have to stay put where you're at, um, for political reasons or violence or whatever. Um, it hasn't been easy, but I've had to move a lot, especially since divorce and the first husband and the financial strain that it caused. Um, so I've had roommates. I lived by myself. I've lived with random people that I just met. Um, I've lived temporarily at friends' houses, sleeping on couch and paying rent. Um, I've lived in all kinds of situations. I even lived with one of my siblings for almost two years as an adult. That was an experience in itself. Um, I've lived in all kinds of places, and I don't regret any of the decisions that I have made. Um, I, I do get frustrated sometimes, especially because uh, the situation that's been ongoing for two years hasn't resolved itself yet. And it's um, now not only impacting me, but it's it impacted my um, ability to be with my husband this year. Um, that's why we were forced to separate. I didn't know it at the time because he thought that I had betrayed him, I believe, because that's what the uh, evidence looked like. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, cyber warfare is very tricky. And you can't deny a phone call out of the blue from a friend of yours that's your nonprofit partner that everyone in the world knew because I posted about it on LinkedIn because I was excited. Out of the blue, she called me a year later and they traced that call, which is illegal to trace a phone call, but when you are the government, you can break the rules that you make. So my husband and I had to separate. Um, he does work for the government and the people that either coerced her, which I believe they did, or paid her to call me and get that information. Um, well, because she's active duty, so I guess they pay her anyway. Um, I believe they coerced her because that's what the Creator told me in my spiritual time. They disrupted my home. I'm alive, and I believe my husband's still alive, but um, separating, forcing a husband and wife to separate, not out of their own choice. Like, it would be one thing if he was sent overseas, right, fighting wars, and that's a contract you signed up for. But he actually tried to retire from this organization, and they refused to let him retire. That is not a democracy. He told me he was quitting. I told him, don't quit your friends. I don't know what you're quitting don't quit your friends. If you want to hang with your friends, I don't have a problem with that. I I do not have any issues with jealousy of time. I actually really love alone time because that's when songs come through me. That's when projects come through me. That's when I can make phone calls to friends because I have this undiagnosed ADD. I'm pretty sure I have ADD but um, or ADHD, one of those um, where I... I lose track of what I need to get done when people are talking to me. I I have to have alone time every day, at least an hour or two, um, where I can gather my thoughts, get organized. I don't like to be interrupted. 
if I'm in the middle of something, I can't stand to be interrupted. I've had to learn to have some grace and to be patient with people that interrupt. But I really love to not interrupt other people because I hate to be interrupted if I'm in the middle of something, especially if I'm like writing a song or something. You get in a flow state and then someone comes in. Hey, did you pay the power bill? Like, really? Is it necessary to talk about right now? So what I love to do uh, and uh, my current situation is great because it's a pretty quiet space. What I love to do is say, if I need to talk to somebody, hey, when you're done, I, I want to ask you something. They don't need to know any details. You don't need to say any more than that. That's it. Nine times out of ten, they'll wrap up what they're doing and they'll talk to you. Or they'll say, hey, give me ten minutes and then I'll call you. Okay, great. No problem. That's respect. Disrespect is getting pissed off when you want to talk to someone right away and they're not giving you the time of day. And that's something that happened often in my house with my husband. That's real talk. Real talk. Um, Because what he's been able to do in his career path is incredible. And it's none of your damn business what he's done. However, uh, when you marry someone that has had a career path of high level of success, high level of influence, a leader. They get accustomed to a certain treatment, a certain level of treatment from others. And hindsight's 100%. I got work that I can improve on always, as could he. But he's pretty set in his ways. And so it was me adjusting and accommodating and doing this and doing that. And we were doing the newlywed thing. We had only been together for like 21 days when this happened, when this woman called out of the blue. Completely disrupted the home. I had asked him, I said, because I was concerned because he, he started getting really angry. And he told me that he never wanted to be around me when he was in his mode of wrath because he didn't want me to see that version of him. And he told me two years prior when we first met in 2020 that if he ever asked for the dog tags back, that meant that it wasn't safe for me to live with him anymore, to be with him, that he was protecting me and to trust him. And on Easter Sunday, he told me he wanted a divorce for the seventh time. Because he was always testing me. But I knew that this wasn't a test anymore. Because he said, I'm going to need the dog tags. These people destroyed my marriage. And they're probably in some private room right now laughing about it. But the thing is, I will never talk badly about my husband because he's an incredible human being. All newlyweds go through stress and struggle in their first year because you learn to adjust to get to know each other better, to make sure that you're accommodating and respectful of one another. But we all have days where we're tired And we want our needs met first. It's give and take. We were learning 
how to live together when all of this happened. I've had to move eight times this year. One time out of the eight was a choice to be married to my husband. But the other seven were not my choice. Financial threats, invasion of my privacy. I've been dealing with cyber warfare by myself. I had been dealing with it for two years. Ongoing digital attacks, stealing my intellectual properties, preventing me from doing anything business related. They have blocked my Move Happy Business website, cannot make any sales off of it, completely preventing me from being successful financially in business. That's theft. That's a felony. Multiple felonies. Top-level leadership approved it. Or isn't consciously aware of it. Not sure which. This organization, this defunded organization that should not be getting any kickbacks, that should not have access to hacking into people's materials, here in the United States, stealing from their own people. But they were trained. They were trained to be thieves. They were trained to do anything necessary in order to protect our government. The reason why they got defunded is because enough people were like, no, you are not serving our country. You are doing things that are not good. So they had to be defunded. Well, all of these people were accustomed to a certain level of income. You think defunding them is going to stop their behavior? No. When you train people, if you've ever watched The Born Identity, when you train assassins, when you train people and you pay them, they get used to a certain level of income. They get used to getting away with things, breaking laws, and never being tried for anything. They get used to it. They get used to the the fact that it is acceptable behavior because they don't have any checks and balances. There's no accountability. But it's okay. Even though they've disrupted my home, even though they've completely separated me from my husband I still believe in love I still love my husband and I know that he is looking out for me I know that he is waiting for you if you're listening to this show and you are one of those thieves for you to make a mistake so you can fall into your own trap so keep on stealing do it I dare you keep reporting to the FBI, I did one today. Tried to submit for a copyright. They literally were hacking into my computer as I was submitting for copyright protections. If you're listening to the show, you should be concerned. This is not a democracy. Who's leading our nation? Who's leading your nation? You should be extremely concerned, especially if you're a women-owned business owner. 
that men would be able to get away with this? Where are my brothers that are stepping up to protect me? And I don't mean my actual birth brothers. I mean society. The men need to step up and do what's right. We have a female vice president. I don't think she would be happy to hear this information that's been going on. And I have a strong feeling that our top level leadership have no idea just how bad it is. But there's some good going on. There is some good. I can't imagine what it would be like to live in the White House and have everything handed to me, handled, taken care of. I did listen to Michelle Obama's book a couple years ago. It was actually really well done. Um, I got to see her speak at my university uh, during the commencement because her brother coached the basketball team. And she came and spoke about overcoming financial struggles growing up in Chicago. And um, this, it was a really powerful speech. She did a great job. She did a great job with the audiobook. Um, if it's true, then it's awesome. If it's not, then that's sad. But I, I believe that she was speaking from an authentic truth. Um, but who am I to judge? I don't, I don't know. There's so many rumors that say that all kinds of things when you get into politics, that's what they do. They make up lies about the other party because it's easier to tear down a building than it is to build one up. But I'm grateful the um, partnerships that had been established at that time allowed for a bunch of international Asian students. My office mate said we're from China because she was from China. Um, I don't know who all they were, but we had an influx of students that came and they there were so many that came to study at my school that I was able to have my master's degree 100% paid for tuition remission for teaching these students. I was the international fitness instructor. They got prioritized scheduling first to make sure that they had a spot in all the classes that were required. They had um, translators that worked with them. Um, they made sure that they had a good positive experience at the university. Um, I had a great time because I would read their names off for attendance and I learned how to read um, some names in other languages that I wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to. Um, I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood, but there was only one gal that was Chinese American. The rest were mostly um, Samoan, um, black, um, and I say black because that's what they called themselves. They didn't say African-American. They didn't say Jamaican. They didn't identify that. A lot of my friends um, didn't identify that way. That's just what they said. Um, some were Korean or, or mixed Korean-American because uh, a lot of my friends had uh, military parents and they fell in love overseas and brought their uh, spouses back home, all kinds of variety of diversity. But uh, our homes, our homes bring a sense of stability for us. And I've had to learn to be resilient when my homes were taken away from me this year. 
and anyone could just easily give up the focus and that's what I know that they desire the opposing team that they think they're the opposing team I haven't signed anything with anybody there's no contracts going on but I have a lot of followers that are on the Republican side I don't get political my husband and I do not get political we desire to bring harmony peace and love Um, But it seems like the ones that are stealing from me, attacking my businesses, blocking my success, are on the other party side. And I don't know why. I don't understand it. Other than the fact that in 2020, I had supposedly security detail protection for two days from a podcast guest of mine. And he told me all about the leadership and that he was about the top-level leadership protection, that he coached and trained at universities, all of these security people that work for our nation. That's what he told me. He came to my home, and he told me that he was the president of this alumni group, this organization that had been defunded, that he would give me free protection. I told him about the HOPE Act. The first idea of it, briefed him on it. Uh, Then he disappeared for six months. And at that time when I first met him, he had 150 acres. 150 or 200 acres, he said, on the borderline of two states. told me not to worry about this boyfriend that I had just um, broken up with, that I had filed a wellness check. I had requested a wellness check on him because he had threatened to kill his mom with a plan. So this security detail person used that information, and I believe they hacked into both our technologies, worked with another organization that's uh, all over the world that has all the money in the world. Uh, we would believe that to be, my husband and I believe that to be a satanic organization. And I don't even think he realized who he was working with, but he took a payment from this this woman that uh, was on the team, volunteered, conned her way in for a year, convincing me that she was good, but she had a spirit of division. She told me that he would never be tried for any crimes because I was telling her what um, was his nonprofit that he had in the front and then he had something that he was really proud about in the on the back end. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't do my research at that time because I was a four-year-old when it came to smart technologies. People don't care when you're an adult. They don't care that you don't know. They'll take advantage of you if they can profit off of it. Not everyone but you got to be careful. And that's what I learned. And my husband taught me to not trust anybody. To ask deep level questions. To not make quick, swift moves. And although we were only together in the same house for like 21 days, I will never forget the experience that I had with him off the grid for two months. And all the training he gave me, all the insight and wisdom he shared with me. And also, the truth of the matter, 
then anybody can change their behavior. Anyone can shift their choices in life. My husband came from that same organization. Could be just like this person that took the payment on my life. Could be just like all the thieves that have been stealing from me ongoing for two years. But he chose to do the right thing. He chose to vouch for me. He chose to get me housing assistance when I had just met him because I was taking him to his doctor's appointments. He chose to get resourceful, resilient, and kind and treated me as a man, a real man treats a woman with respect. He redeemed my belief in men in society. And if any of you ever get to meet him, your life will be forever changed for the better. I believe there will be a day when my husband and I will be reunited. I'm not sure when that is. But that day will be when the Judas in our circle, his former predecessor, gets us connected to the top-level leadership and apologizes in front of their faces for all the heartache he's put me and now my husband through. I should be with him right now. I should be with my husband taking care of him, making sure he's getting to his doctor's appointments, making sure that he's up and moving, checking on his pain levels, helping with the VA appointments because there are all kinds of hoops and confusion. If you are a veteran spouse, you know what I'm talking about. I stay focused on what I can change because I can't change my circumstances right now, but I can be that voice of repetitive annoyance until somebody listens. Stories don't change when they're the truth. You just get more details as my memory continues to open up. Your home should be a safe space for you to relax, to be able to be yourself. I recommend not living by yourself right now if you can help it um, for one there's a rise in crime all over the nation if you live in the United States just look it up when people are stressed financially they make stupid decisions so they'll either start selling drugs doing illegal activities or they'll steal from you because it's easier to tear down a building than it is to build one up. I encourage you to get to know your neighbors. I encourage you to live with others if you can. If it's, if it's a friend, uh, maybe split rent. If it's um, a roommate situation, you know, obviously do your due diligence. Look into their behaviors. Um, for me, I don't do anything with drugs so if people are into drugs no nope, that's a no-go because I already had a previous roommate uh his personality changed within a matter of months and he threatened to kill me in the middle of the night you can't 
you can't be around that if you already experience it. Well, you can, but um, I'm the type of person that I learned, I learned the lesson the first time. I don't need to repeat those kinds of behaviors. Um, I prefer to not be around drunks because my ex-husband was a drunk and he was really rude. He was just an asshole when he would drink too much. Um, but, you know, if you live with adults, then they're going to have a beer every now and then or whatever. Um, let, them, let them do their thing as long as they ain't hurting you. Really encourage you not to live alone, though, especially if you are depressed or if you are withdrawn, if you are going through a tough season, you're going through PTSD, because um, thought patterns when you're isolated and alone and you're stressed and maybe you're financially going through a struggle, if you're alone, that's when the enemy will come more frequently and tell you lies, poor lies into your spirit. And you don't have someone to bounce ideas off of or like, get you thinking positively, right? Having a conversation, joking around, eating a meal together. Um, Living with other people can add stress to you, but I I strongly recommend not isolating yourself right now. We all went through the pandemic. It was a forced thing to get us to be afraid, to get us to isolate. So then we all focused in on the resolution, the cure. But the only cure for anything in life is to trust in your deity because nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. So you might as well try your best to have a good time and ask how you can serve others. How can you use your gifts, talents, and abilities and not waste this precious life, this gift that you've been given? All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast and this episode on your home, home life. Um, Hope that we added value to you. Hope that uh, you learned something would mean the world to us if you would write a review on iTunes. Help us keep our status up. Um, And if you want to share this episode on your favorite social media channel, it would mean the world to us. Um, If and when the creator desires for us to get back on track with the listening room experience uh, contest, uh, when we get to 10,000 downloads, we'll be sending an invitation out to all of our regular supporters to listen to some private music release, uh, original songs from myself and maybe some other of my guest musicians as well. Uh, So be sharing, be tagging us. And email, you know, get our attention basically, and that'll help us to figure out who has been listening regularly, consistently to the show. And thank you so much for being a part of this. We hope that your holiday season, especially this week if you're in the States celebrating Thanksgiving, is full of love, full of family time, full of generosity towards others and being grateful if you're not close to your family like I'm not close to mine find a way to contribute in society and I'm gonna look into feeding the homeless in the morning before going to work to see if I can get back to that mental state like where I was at when I was in Mexico at that battered women and children's shelter because I know how much that impacted me and There's a lot of people that need help right now. 
All right, love you guys so much. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.